Welcome to Systems Talk. I'm Dr. Christy Hilton from Keep Indiana Learning. I'm excited to connect you with leaders in education who are passionate about growing their leadership and their schools. Effective schools have effective systems in place and we are here to help you do just that. Thank you for joining us for episode two of Systems Talk. In this episode, our Systems Talk moderator, Dr. Rhonda Rose, is speaking with Dr. Danny Mendez. Dr. Mendez is a middle school principal at Seymour Middle School in the Seymour Community School Corporation. Dr. Mendez has been recognized for his work at the state and national levels and has spoken to the U.S. Congress in support of education reforms. Join Drs. Rose and Mendez as they explore how to implement a successful new teacher induction system in a school setting. Hello. Hi, Danny. Good morning. How are you? Danny, this is of course, Dr. Rhonda Rose, and we're doing the podcast with Systems Talk. And today, the system that we're really going to focus in on is the new teacher induction system. And you and I have gotten to speak about this before, and I was so tickled with all the information that you shared and this important, really critical work that you've been doing with your teachers. And so I'm excited to welcome you today and to talk with you about a new teacher induction system. So this is Dr. Danny Mendez and Danny is the principal at Seymour Middle School. And I think Danny, you shared with me that you were at Perry Township and at Decatur maybe as the director of secondary ed. So Danny, take a few minutes here and just tell us all about you. Sure. Uh, well, I'm originally from Northwest Indiana, but I've spent the last, uh, geez, uh, uh, 25 years down in the central Indiana, um, uh, living down here. And I, this is my 20th year in education, believe it or not, it goes really, really fast. <laughs> um, enjoyed every minute of it. Very lucky to love what I do uh, every single day. Um, really appreciate the, the calling of education. I have, I have, my career has really spanned uh, a K-12. I've been a, started as a middle school teacher um, and coach and after a number of years became an administrator at the elementary level, an assistant principal that was split between two buildings. And then I was a principal at Southport Elementary in Perry Township for 10 years. Um, and had a lot of, we had a lot of success there. We were um, a high poverty, high English learner school, 85% uh, poverty, 57% English wow. learners, yes. um, 300 refugees. Um, but we were able to take that as a unique opportunity, and we were able to um, win three national awards. Um, probably one of the only schools to have ever done that in that time span. And it, it's and, yeah, Danny, do you mind right there? Sorry to to stop you. Yeah. tell us about those three awards because that is amazing work that you were able to accomplish with your team. Tell us about those awards. So the first uh, national award we had won was the National Title I Distinguished School Award, uh, which uh, two schools in Indiana win every year and about 75 schools in the country. And ours were, our award was specific to the category of closing the achievement gap. Um, and then we became a TAP school about a year later. Um, and that we were named the TAP Ambassador Award, one of uh, six TAP Ambassador schools in the United States. Um, for our performance and the way that we implemented the system of, of evaluation, professional development, teacher growth. And then a couple of years after that, we won the biggest award a TAP school could win, and that was the TAP Founders Award, which meant you were the top TAP school in the United States of America. So uh, one of the, the, the most, um, the, I guess the thing about that we love the most is that 
we felt we were a school that a lot of people doubted our kids, but we never did. Yes. Um, and we, it really is a story of showing how um, a student's circumstances don't have to dictate their outcomes. And, and as, a, oh. as a principal, as a leader, um, that is the biggest message you can send to your staff and to your kids. Um, and so that was a testament to that. And yes. After that, I moved on to uh, uh, director of secondary ed in another district. And then I wanted to go back to the principalship and um, very, very lucky to end up at Seymour Middle School, unique opportunity. And we have a growing EL population here as well. Um, and uh, just looking forward to the work that we're doing here. Yes. Danny, for, for those of us that have served as, you know, principals in the middle, there there's really no place like it, is there? No. <laughs> I, I was no, telling one, my friend, yeah. I told a friend the other day, we can really mess up everything that elementary teachers and principals have worked <laughs> so hard for. And then we certainly can mess things up for the high school leaders if mm -hmm. we don't have kids prepared. So I, I seriously know the substantial difference that can be made at the middle. And, and sometimes I think, Danny, I, I, I really do admire you for going back into that principalship because I don't think until I left the principalship did I truly understand the difference that the leader in that school, you know, can make. So anyway, all right. Danny, we know, and what we're trying to do with Keep Indiana Learning with this podcast, we know that the most important work or the most important focus of school principals is that of classroom instruction and the way students are learning within the principal school. So in order for principals to keep their focus on that, we're kind of talking about all these other systems that principals need to have in place. And the one we're talking about today, again, is new teacher induction. You and I discussed earlier that it looks like the research is still saying 50% of teachers leave our profession in the first five years. We know that there's a lot of money connected to turnover, you know, monetarily, yes, but also in the way our students are learning when there's this continual turnover. And then the research has told us, and we will attach in the resources for this podcast an article that talks about these things, but that new teachers need three things. They need a very clear curriculum Okay, what are they supposed to be teaching in the classroom? They need a little help with classroom management in the beginning, making sure they're on solid ground there. And here's the kicker, Danny. We know that they need support from the administrative team, but absolutely the principal. So you're here to help us with that today. And when we talked, Danny, in my notes, there were three parts to your new teacher induction program. So let's start with, I'm gonna call it part number one, where you do some summer work with your new teachers, okay? Tell us all the details about what you do in the summer. Sure, I think, I think first and foremost, um, when you have a, a group of new teachers you're bringing into your school, what an amazing opportunity that is. It's exciting, but it's an awesome responsibility um, and one you really have to take care of because as you mentioned before, you know, it's not just about teacher retention. Within teacher retention, there is a, a cost that we don't often think of. One is 
there's a financial cost to the resources you pour into yes. your new teachers that you bring on the training and the things that you do. So when, when you lose them, you're losing, it's a, it's, it costs you money. The second biggest thing that you lose is that institutional knowledge. When we've lost a teacher that we've poured time into and they understand our practices and our culture in the first five years and we lose them, we've lost some institutional knowledge. Yes. And we've got to start over. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a new teacher induction process is one, it is to make sure that we've got the most prepared teacher in front of our kids. That's first and foremost. But two, it is to support and grow that teacher. And the bottom line is that, you know, we are all a work in progress. None of us is a finished product. And, and we need to start our new teachers understanding that right away. And so we, we start off when we do that, when I've had the opportunity to hire new teachers, is we always have a new teacher um, academy orientation in the summer. Right. Now, every district probably does a version of that at the district level. And that's, that's nice. And there are definitely some, some key pieces to that. But nothing is as powerful as it's going to be within your building. Because that's where we start saying who we are, what our culture is, and where we're going, what our vision is, where we're going, what our mission is, where we're going. And that's your time with them to get them comfortable. It's just them. It's not the, the veteran teachers around them. It's just for them. Um, and that's really that, that key piece to start building that trust with them, to let them know, hey, I, we selected you for a reason because we see that where you can take us. Because ultimately, you're not hiring for somebody to just fit in. You're hiring for somebody to make you better and your yes. school better. So yeah. that is really important. And we want to sell that message right there to them and tell them how much we mean that. So we start off with an orientation. And, you know, there are things in, in that that a lot of us, it's not going to be news to a, a lot of you. But um, through that, we go through what are all our meeting norms going to be this year? What do we value in our meetings and how we want those to run? Yes. Um, we talk about what our professional development model will look like and how it is a, a very structured, robust model of professional development for all teachers. We talk about our professional learning community model that is meant to make instructional aligned decisions and set short term and long term goals and that curriculum alignment piece. We start laying out what they're going to go through to show them these are all the levels of support you're going to have. We talk about their team meetings. And then we start talking about the coaching they're going to get along the way. Um, and they will get, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a couple minutes. But we cover all that in our procedure and expectations part of our orientation. And then we go into about Seymour Middle School, what they may not know about us. What's our demographics? And they probably know that from the interview process, but what's our mission? What are our strengths and what are our weaknesses? You know, that's, that's a fair thing for them to know. Um, one, so they can say, how can I help or what do I need to be aware of and how can I you know, be most prepared or what supports can I ask for to help in that area? Um, we talk to them about our teaming structure that we have at the middle school. Yes. We go over our lesson planning. We have a very um, tight lesson plan model that we utilize. Um, how not just the plans you write up, but how to go and think through your plans um, intentional planning is critical. Um, and that is where it happens. When you, if you want to see a great lesson, it's got to be start with intentional planning. Yes. And Danny, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there for a second. I'm going to back up because what you're talking to us about right now is not the district orientation meeting, because we're very aware that most districts do have a new teacher orientation. And um, in the district where I used to serve, that was like a half day. Mm-hmm. then you're pulling your new teachers back to your building. And this is all about Seymour Middle School. And um, 
Danny, I remember very being very impressed with what you're talking about right now with their teacher lesson planning, because I know in the orientation we did, we would go over the pacing guide. We would go over all of their materials and all of their resources so that they knew what they were going to be teaching each quarter. But you go even deeper into this is the way we expect lesson planning, et cetera, to be. So right. pick up there again and then okay. keep going. Keep going. Sure, I love that sure. part. No. Lesson plan expectations, how to critically think through those. What are the questions you should be asking yourself? How do you look at formative assessments to build those um, and, and move forward? And so we really go through that. We talk about objectives, building robust and um, objectives that are that the student can leave that classroom and know what they learned. What was the purpose behind what they're learning? Um, and that, that really helps keep us aligned. Mm -hmm. We also spend a considerable amount of time on a culture talk. And it is um, based on, on uh, um, some books that I've read and, and presentations I've been through and, and my experiences, but really talking about different paradigms of teachers throughout certain studies um, and, and who we're going to be, who we have to be for our kids and who we can't be for our kids. We're very open and honest with our teachers right off the bat. We actually have that talk a little bit in our interview process because we want them to know interview process is two ways. You need to know what you're getting yourself into with yes. us and what our expectations are. And we want you to know up front, hey, we are a whatever it takes school. We want people who are here for kids all in. And so we also spend time in our orientation reminding them about that, talking through examples of what it, what it means to be whatever it takes person. Um, we talk about technical and cultural change. You know, oftentimes we, we just put it, schools just focus too much on the technical change and forget the reason it didn't work is because we didn't build the cultural change at the same time. They have to know the why behind what we're doing. Um, and so we, we spend a lot of time on the culture talk and we want those new teachers to understand this is, this isn't just a one and done. You're going to hear this message throughout all our meetings. You're going to hear us dropping certain phrases that are about us um, and what, and whatever it takes. And we have a lunch break and then we go over other procedural things, safety protocols, um, you know, in, in cases of emergency and those types of things. Um, and then whatever else we might have coming up special for that year. This year, obviously, was a little bit of the COVID-19 reentry plan. We wanted to make sure they, they had sure. a little extra time to absorb all of that going on. Now, obviously, I'm hoping we don't have a, to yes. deal with a lot of that for next year. But, um, you know, obviously, there's certain things that are time time sensitive. And so you want to make sure we're building in um, with those. So we really take that and stretch that out through a whole day yes. of just their time with, you know, the assistant principals, the counselors, the instructional coach, and we want to make it really valuable. And again, that's that first step in building that trust right there off the bat. Yes, Danny. And I, I really appreciate the way you talk about it is that first step in building the trust with your, your new teachers. Um, you're also setting a very, you know, high level of expectations for them, and you're being very clear with those new teachers. Um, I, I really like the way you talk about we are uh, building a whatever it takes culture. And Danny, just from our conversations, I've grown to know that you mean it. We're going to do whatever it takes here. And if you want to be part of our team, then here's what we do um, at Seymour Middle School. So, so as we think about this part one, the district does their district orientation. And then what mm -hmm. we're saying is the principals mm -hmm. bring these new teachers 
back to their school, you do a full day of that. I know um, in our district, we used to do the half day down there at the district office, and then we'd come back for the rest of that half day and one more full day mm -hmm. of new teacher orientation there in the different buildings. So, um, okay, let's go on. We're going to move on to part two, because this is the part I love. In mm -hmm. lots of schools that I've been tickled to death to be able to work with as I've been doing some consulting, kind of, Danny, the new teacher orientation ends there after that summer orientation part. And what I love about your program is that you meet monthly with these new teachers every single month. And I think it comes out to 10 months of meetings. Um, and once again, we're gonna share in the resources where you've been so great to work out your monthly calendar and the topic, but talk us through what happens, when do you have them, where do you have them, what do you do in these monthly meetings? Sure, that, that's a great question. And, and it would look different each year um, because part of it's gonna be as a leadership team, we really sit and think through, what are the most critical pieces that we feel our new teachers are going to need even more support on? Um, you know, so we'll make a list of our own and not just a list of what they might need to, to, to do, but when would be the best time to have that meeting? Is it the beginning of the year? Is it? No, they're not ready for that. Let's wait till the middle of the year. I see. Um, so there, there really is the timing. It may never be perfect. And there's a lot of things you wish you can hit right off the bat, but you don't want to overwhelm them. And we've got a lot of other things we're doing. And they're still also getting our weekly professional development and our weekly PLCs every single week. Yes. That's sacred time here. And yes. so our instructional systems we have are really um, tight systems that I'll, I'll, again, I'll mention a little bit later. But so we, we go through that, but we also took it a little bit step further and we sent out a survey, a Google form survey to our new teachers, asking them um, basically what type of things they feel they need more support on or would like to learn more about. And we had them just fill out that survey and, and, and send it back to us. And then we looked at that data and said, okay, where can we embed some of these topics? Sometimes it aligned perfectly. Okay. With what we wanted. Sometimes it was a surprise and said, you know, I didn't think about that. That would be great to cover. So it was, it was nice to get their, their, uh, get their feedback on what they might want to learn more about or feel prepared for Yes. And Danny, if I can stop you there for a second, this, this is what's so, I think, uh, beneficial, just <coughs> how, how much we learn from each other because timing, I really like that idea. I used to set up that monthly meeting and I knew the topic for those 10 months and we didn't really ever change them. So just listening to you makes me realize, um, whether the timing was correct, I could have changed those things around or some could have been let go depending on that new group of teachers in order to embed that. Um, okay, Danny, keep going on those monthly yeah, meetings. No problem. So uh, for example, this year, just kind of sketched out what we did for these monthly meetings this year. Um, and there may have been a month where some weird timing happened and we couldn't get it in, but we tried to make sure we always get our monthly meeting in. Um, we had a a meeting where we focused on IEPs and ILPs, um, kind of a reading and implementing at a glance and confidentiality, accommodations, modifications, those pieces. Sure. Another meeting in September, we talked about classroom management and our PBIS supportive uh, positive behavior support intervention model. Um, in October, we went through how to unpack standards and we really delved into how to break down standards so they understand one standard is not one lesson. It is many, many lessons. Yes. And how do we break apart what that looks like? 
in November, we talked about uh, creating learning objectives. Again, that's something we've given them before and they've been doing it throughout, but this is really to get in some more uh, focus on that topic. Um, we, another month, talked about formative assessment, how we can check for understanding to influence instruction. Um, in January, we talked about effective stakeholder communication. How do we communicate with our kids? How do we communicate with their parents? How do we communicate with our teams um, effectively? Um, another month, we talked about how to find high-impact instructional resources, um, which is always a challenge at the secondary level and really yes. vetting good resources. Mm -hmm. And also how to teach kids how to vet good resources. Um, we have another month, my lights just kicked out of my office. Uh, I'm gonna go run the sensor, hold on. Danny is sitting here in the dark and we're just gonna keep talking. School <laughs> principals, Danny, you you know how to just keep going. Oh, now you're back That's in right. the light, okay. I'm back in the light. Okay. Um, another one on student engagement, another month uh, in social emotional learning. Oh, yes. Um, the, important, the importance of it and our role in it as educators. And then um, we're going to, for the last month, we're going to talk about reflection. Where did we start? Where are we now? And how can we grow? And again, our focus with that, and, and that's really important because teaching re reflection is not a natural um, skill for, for everyone. It is yes. something that really has to be taught. And specifically, research would tell you that reflection on new teachers is a challenge. So they sometimes see things differently than um, a veteran may have taken that same thing. And so we really want to talk through, um, spend that last month reflecting on the year and our progress. Yes. So. And Danny, on your monthly new teacher meetings, I know I'm going to go back. I believe we met the first Friday of every month for an hour before that first buzzer went off, you know, for, for yeah. first period. So when, when do you meet with your new teachers? We do ours after school, um, and it's it, we try and we try and you know make it in the the middle of the month or at least uh, every four weeks or so. We try and get the timing right. Not haven't perfected that just yet because of different things that are you know come come up in sure. the school year. But uh, we want to make sure they have ample notice about it and that they understand it's you know it's it's really important and it is for them. It, it truly is for them and, yes. and their support. Yes. I know some principals will give these monthly dates during that summer orientation so that, you know, every teacher Good knows, idea. you know, don't make a medical appointment after school during yeah. this time because these are critical and we expect you to be there, et cetera. After Absolutely. school could be a good, a good opportunity to either way. And Danny, I think before we move on to that third part, in these monthly meetings, when you and I talked previously, there are all kinds of things that we know principals are doing. Some um, <clears throat> have given each new teacher a journal where they'll keep down some reflections and things throughout the year. And then the principal decides if that's something that he or she would read if the teacher were aware and have conversations about. Some principals we talked about give their teachers a book. I think they're you know, we used to use that Harry Wong book way back. Mm -hmm. And then I think Todd Whitaker did a new one with his daughters on new teachers. And I read also where they will do a Zoom call with the new teachers in your building to discuss anything from that book. But, you know, giving them schoolware, the athletic directors have given them tickets for guests to come and see some of the ball games, etc. And um, one principal shared that she takes her teachers on a bus ride 
during mm-hmm. this summer orientation time when they can really see where their students live and where they're all coming from, you know, each morning. And one of the, the funniest things I heard recently, Danny, was a, a friend of mine who's a principal does this thing in the summer and she calls it, is this appropriate? And she throws up in this PowerPoint presentation, is this appropriate to share on your social media? And she was sharing with me some unbelievable stories, Danny, about new teachers, even though we wouldn't think they need to see that clear direction, like, no, this is not appropriate, et cetera. So after she talked with me about that, I remember adding that in as part of our summer orientation time, but Okay, so we've been through two of the parts, your summer orientation, then your monthly meeting throughout the year with these new teachers. Sometimes you have guests with you. Sometimes it's just you, Danny. And then the last part is this um, mentoring, Um, connecting them to a mentor there. But Danny, you seem to take this to an entirely different level with your instructional coaching. So let's hear all about that. Sure. I think one of the one of the pieces that um, is really important is that instructional coaching one is, is not just for new teachers, it's for all teachers. Um, but you definitely want to make sure we take advantage of that in, in maybe giving more support to our new teachers. If you're, you're fortunate enough to have a, an instructional coach, and if not, as principals and assistant principals, yes. you know, that could be your role too. It should be part of your role in some, some form. Um, and so one of the things that we, we do is we want to make sure that we've identified who might need supports and where. If we're thinking about our new teachers specifically, if we see some early struggles and challenges, we want to make sure that we are offering up that support. And sometimes we'll just say, hey, we're going to have you work with our instructional coach and we want you to work on this. They're, they're going to really just focus in on one specific skill of you know formative assessment for a week. And you guys are going to co-plan a week. And, and, and our model of coaching is kind of threefold. It'll be um, either just there to observe and give feedback, or it's there to team teach with them. So you might co-teach a lesson um, or it's to model teach. And again, modeling is something that's incredibly important. Um, you know, when we think about as adults, where do we go when we want to learn something? We usually go to YouTube. Why? It's not because it's all written down. It's because they are modeling the action of, yes. and they're also modeling their metacognition. And so them seeing a, a, somebody else model a lesson is really important. So um, those are kind of three typical things we do. Again, it's observe, team teach, or model um, for them. You know, and that's just a really powerful way to provide those supports. Um, and it may be where we do it weekly with a teacher, maybe every two weeks. You kind of have to scale it out on what you think a teacher needs. Um, Your leadership team can think through and say, you know what, this might be somebody that gets some extra coaching every couple of weeks, or this one needs it every week. And that's okay. We want to provide what's needed. It's about equity, not equal. Equity is, you know, providing what's needed to get to the desired results. So um, that's the way we look at that. That's that coaching needs. Yeah. So Danny, I'm understanding you here. This is not an option for these new teachers. This is what you and, of course, your leadership team decide this is what this new teacher, and I know obviously all teachers in your building, but this is what this new teacher needs, and this is what we expect of them, and this is what we're going to provide for them. And Danny, I I wrote a note down. I'm going to come back to you later because you've got this very tight system of coaching. So we may need to do another podcast, Danny, on those three aspects of the coaching. But I really like 
this is, this is taken to a different level from what we normally think of in assigning a mentor to a new right. teacher. This is true help and support on their instruction within that classroom that you all give. Yeah, when I was going through as a teacher, they had the mentoring piece, but it was really someone to talk to if you're having challenges. But what we know is we want to, that teacher is going to feel more confident when their instruction is tighter, when they feel prepared um, with their instruction. And so we want that, that mentoring, that coaching role to be about how we build their pedagogy, how they, we build their instructional capacity. Um, and, you know, and for a lot of reasons, I mentioned earlier, we, our professional development model that we have and our PLC model is a weekly model that all our teachers go through. Um, and it is built on strategy cycles and it's built on pedagogy. Um, and and uh, our professional development's built to build their instructional capacity. It's very specific. But one of the reasons that, um, that we talk about that is that, you know, we, we really kind of comes back to culture. We can love our kids and we can hope for our kids, but we can't love them out of poverty and we can't hope for them out of poverty. We got to teach them out of poverty. So if we don't build our instructional capacity, we can't do those things, uh, no matter how much we love them and no matter how much we hope for them. And so we really tie that culture in with our understanding, our instructional part as well. It, it all comes together. If we want this so bad for these kids, this is how we've got to do it. And coaching is one of those pieces that we want to normalize that. We don't want that to be a, a punitive thing. We want them to love when an instructional coach or administrators come into their room, um, be a part of it. Or do, We don't want them to think, oh, something wrong. We want to think, hey, this is additional support. It's going to help me grow me to grow kids. And Danny, what you've done there is you've honestly brought us full circle because when you stated in that summer orientation program, it's about building that trust level with those teachers and you talk about the culture, what you've done is made it very clear to those new teachers. We do have high expectations for your instruction, but our intent is always good and we're here to support you and, and get you where you need to be for kids. So Okay, Danny, daggone it, look at that. Our time is, we've got like two minutes. So here's what we're gonna do, Danny. You've talked about all three parts, your summer orientation, your monthly meeting, this intensive instructional coaching. Um, Danny, let me, let me just ask you this one last question. Why, why do you think this system of the new teacher induction is so critical for every principal to be doing in, in his or her building? Well, I think, again, it comes back to that, that cost, right? Not just a financial cost, but that institutional knowledge cost that will, will constantly deter. If we have turnover, it's going to cost us in multiple ways. But ultimately, when it comes back to, we know two things. We know that the principal is one of the most, is, is the most important factor in high-performing schools. And we know that the teacher is the most important factor in, class, in student achievement. And those two go together. You, you yeah. as the, the principal have to take part. You have to design a system that is going to grow every one of those teachers to grow kids. And we know with new teachers in particular, when you look at those statistics of 50% leaving in the first five years and in schools of poverty, that even jumps higher. Yes. We know they need that equitable support, right? That extra support to get them prepared. We cannot continue with the sink or swim mentality that we did for years and years where we threw them in and said, Hey, here you go. Here's your stuff. And we expect the same thing out of you. That somebody who's taught for 
you know, eight or nine years has, has done. That's not equitable. And, and we need to make sure we're providing that. We want these teachers to be successful. And this process helps them do that. Absolutely. Yes. So, Danny, as we get ready to close out here, um, we have included an article entitled The Role of the Principal in Beginning Teacher Induction. And I want to close with a quote from this article, and it says, the positive impact of a leader who creates a caring learning community focused on student success is evident to everybody, but especially to beginning teachers. The research reveals that inadequate support from the school administration, especially the principal, is one of the three most often reported causes of a new teacher's decision to leave the profession. So there it is. It's summed up in the research and it is summed up in your new teacher induction program. And Danny, we can't thank you enough for your time today. And I, I do want to reiterate this. On the podcast resources, um, Keep Indiana Learning will have your summer orientation example that people can get on and look at, and then your calendar for um, your monthly meetings. I've thrown mine on there too, just so that we can give people as much information. Your biography will be there, and that includes your email, so that people can reach out and just get their questions answered. Absolutely. So Dr. Danny Mendez, principal at Seymour Middle School. Um, Danny, I, th I thank you so much for being with us today. And my pleasure. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And anybody reach out anytime. That's great. Thank you, Danny. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been Systems Talk, a production of Keep Indiana Learning. There's so much more at keepindianalearning.org. Connect with Indiana educators in our Keep Indiana Learning Facebook group and follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram for more innovative learning opportunities. We also recommend that you check out our sister podcast, Homegrown. Homegrown is an educator-created podcast featuring inspiring stories with a focus on transforming education through equity, innovation, and technology.